what makes Christmas time special where you live. Everybody feels good and nice at Christmas time. Maybe the next day it's hell again, but Christmas, it's Christmas. It's something else. Hi, I'm Rick Steves. We'll get you in the spirit of the season in the hour ahead as we check in with friends in Europe about the special ways they celebrate the holidays. We'll contrast the big city excitement of pre-Christmas London with the traditions you'll find in small-town Italy. In France, holiday treats include a decadent Yule log cake this time of year. It's a rolled cake with chocolate and cream. And trust me, at the end of dinner, you don't have room for this, but you do have to go through it. While in Norway... It's not Christmas unless I eat the fermented trout. And we'll learn about the woodsy version of Santa in Spanish Basque Country. But be careful to avoid those elves in Greece. They're not dangerous. They will not wound you or kill you, but... If they come into your house, it'll be a mess. Celebrate everything. It's Travel with Rick Steves. When you mention the 12 days of Christmas in Europe, you start counting on the 25th and keep the celebrations going right up until Epiphany in January. Today on Travel with Rick Steves, we're exploring some of the interesting ways that people in different European countries observe the holiday season. There are lots of special foods you get this time of year, and how you feel about them might be different if you're spending your Christmas in France, in Italy, or in Norway. Hi, I'm Rick Steves. In just a bit, we'll hear about some really distinctive holiday traditions that come with the season in Greece. We'll also hear how a backwoods version of Santa got drafted a few years ago to bring gifts to the good children in Spain's Basque country on Christmas Eve. Let's start with a quick check-in on how the season's shaping up in London. Christmas time, jolly old England, big city, London. What's it like? I'm with Tom Hooper and Gillian Chadwick, two blue badge guides from London. Tom and Gillian, thanks for joining us this Christmas. How do you celebrate Christmas in London? What tips do you have for travelers that might be visiting London during Christmas? Definitely go and see all the lights, uh, Harrods and Fortnum and Mesa and all the shops. And Hamley's, the toy store. So Oxford Circus, that area? Yeah, and Regent Street. Regent Street, Oxford Circus. Regent Street's the big thing for lights. Regent Street. And then the great stores. What stores are most famous for their window displays? Harrods, Fortnum and Mason. Selfridges. And Kids, what's the Kids Wonderland? Kids is Hamley's. Yeah. Yeah, Kids is Hamley's. And how about classical music and Christmas sort of culture? There'll be carol concerts all over the place. Oh, churches. yes, we have the, the Christmas tree yeah. in Trafalgar Square from Norway. Norway gives... What's the story Od, about that? Oslo gives. Uh, because the Norwegian royal family lived in exile in London during the Second World War. And so as a sign of their gratitude, they send us a giant mm. Christmas tree every year. Yeah. Every Christmas you get a tree from, from Norway. Yes. Specifically Oslo. The people of Oslo. Mm. Yes. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. They have a sort of lighting thing, like you do Christmas trees here. Mm. And then they have carols almost every single evening around the Christmas tree. And all the proceeds go to charity. Yes. On Trafalgar Square. Yes. Yeah. In front of the National Gallery. Right in front of the National Gallery with the view of Big Ben Glorious. down in the distance. Glorious. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed it doesn't snow a lot in London, but there's always snow on Trafalgar Square. Of course. What do they do? They make some snow there for the party? <laughs> I saw the kids there on the snow. It was wonderful. No, it's it's yeah. targeted snow. We have this special weather which we can right target. There, a little, a little <laughs> microclimate on Trafalgar Square. Shoot the clouds, yeah. Mac. Yeah. And one and thing. ice rinks as well. Ice, ice rinks, rinks, I was yeah. going to say, down yeah. at Somerset, Somerset House. Somerset House, the Natural History Museum. Tower of London's got one now mm-hmm. in the moat as well. They have one there. 
in the moat. In the moat. Ice rink crazy. Yeah. Around, around the tower? A, a bit of it. A bit yeah. of, wow. That it would be really good to treat <laughs> around the Tower of London. So there's a lot of fun in yeah. London during Christmas and, time. And um, if another night, really good place for Christmas to go is Hampton Court Palace, which is about 30 minutes train ride. And they have loads of Christmas events and mm-hmm. they have their own ice rink as well. And what are the traditional things to eat and drink at Christmas time for you? Oh, turkey, 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 and stuffing, and bread yes. sauce, cranberry sauce, and this thing and called Christmas, Christmas pudding. pudding. <laughs> now, what is Christmas pudding? Which is this unbelievably rich fruit and suet mix. It should be, yes. Which is boiled, really, isn't it? It's sort of if you put it in a pan with boiling in its own container in boiling water, and slowly over sixteen years now, about whatever time, it heats up. So it's been, it. it's been simmering for it's a long time. It's pretty heavy. Yes, it's yeah. very heavy. Is a figgy pudding, is that something at yeah. Christmas? Yeah, nearly the same. The same nearly the same. Yeah. same. And mince pies, but they're illegal, aren't they? Yes. Why are they illegal? Thanks to Oliver, Oliver Cromwell. Cromwell banned them in the 17th century. Well, he banned Christmas. Yeah. Oliver Cromwell, what an evil man. <laughs> You're free to celebrate Christmas now. Yes. yes we can, yes. yes. All right. Well, Merry Christmas to you in London. Thanks. Thank you. Let's leave behind the big city holiday bustle in London and forget about how many shopping days are left till Christmas and head to a small town in the Italian countryside. Cecilia Botai lives on her family's winemaking estate, just a little outside of Orvieto in central Italy. She joins us now for a look at what the Christmas season is like this time of year where she lives. So, Cecilia, when we're thinking about Christmas in small-town Italy, how would it vary? How, how, would, how would it differ in Umbria in a small town from, say, Rome or Milano? Well, you know, everything is uh, still very local. There is much more the sense of the family. And uh, you start preparing food and events to meet your cousins, to meet their grandparents, their in-laws. Uh, so everybody's preparing something or invites people. They play cards a lot. Playing cards in the cards, in the home lot. or in in the home. What kind of cards? Well, they we pay scala 40, It's called scale forty or burraco. It's another game we do. And are these the old men that get together or the whole no, family? No, 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 the whole family, children, adults, everybody. All right, do and people, bingo, and bingo, and bingo. Yes. What's the Italian word for bingo? Tombola. 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 What would the prize be for the winner? Uh, little things like a candy, like a torrone or a panettone or uh, these little things. Nothing special. Now, you live in a beautiful farm across the canyon from Orvieto. Uh, tell me just very briefly the schedule for the Christmas festivities that's coming up for your household. Well, normally we, in my family and most of the families in Italy, we celebrate the 24th of December with the family. We have a dinner with no meat we have fish recipes. We have a uh, uh, lot of soups, which are lentil soups or uh, recipes from the from the past. Okay, big family dinner, no yeah. meat, Christmas no meat. Eve. What happens towards midnight on Christmas uh, Eve? We go to mass, mm-hmm. and then some families do open the gifts before mass. Some families do open the gifts after mass. Uh, after mass, meaning late at night or the next late morning? Late at night means uh, oh, mass so is like around 10.30, 11 o'clock. You come midnight and you open the gifts uh, that are located under the tree or under the nativity. And normally they have the tree, 
and the nativity in the houses. Now, the nativity is a big deal all over Italy. Yeah, and the, the you have beautiful ones, yeah. And you, you, you really, almost every house, even people, if people are not very uh, religious, they do have the nativity in the house. I do have a nativity, uh, a whole nativity. It's not just the Mary, Jesus, the donkey. I do have a whole uh, landscape. I mean, it's, it's the shepherds. It's, it's a big, big, big... So what's the funniest little figure in your nativity scene? Oh, I have um, butchers, uh, carpenters, I have the waterfalls. And you know that in my farm, we also have a chapel. So we have one also in the chapel. So we have two nativities, one in my mother's home and the other one is in the chapel. And you're quite close to Assisi, where I believe the first nativity scene ever was put together because St. Francis was a great teacher and he found it was easy to teach the story of Christmas with the visual aid of a nativity scene. Yeah, it's in Greccio. It's very close to Assisi and they they do live nativities there. So you have a poor woman staying there like uh, Mary, (laughs) really freezing. Shivering in the December cold of an Italian mountain. With a donkey and the cow and a poor man who sent Joseph. And uh, the baby normally is not uh, a real baby. They put like a... A, a doll. A, a, a doll, doll, yeah. But so they've got these real people shivering at midnight yeah, yeah. on Christmas Eve in a living nativity. Yes, they do. And are they all alone or are they appreciated? Are people coming no, out to see them? No, people come to see them. It's a tradition. It's a moment. It's a, Everybody feels good and nice at Christmas time. Maybe the next day it's hell again, but <laughs> Christmas, it's Christmas. It's something else. So the churches are full on Christmas even if they're empty two weeks later. Well, you know the size of the Duomo for Vieta. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. It's gigantic. It's packed. Really? Really. Yes. On Christmas Eve. Yes, on Christmas Eve. Okay, so now you've got your midnight your midnight mm-hmm. mass basically. Yeah. Many people go home and open presents then. Yeah. And then uh, people are quite tired. It's been exciting. A lot mm-hmm. of family and relatives, a lot of work to set up for this. Yes. The next day what happens? Another meal with meat. Now you have meat. Of course, because it's the next day. And what kind of meat in uh, Umbria? Oh, we normally have lamb or turkey. These are the typical and and also the Sampone, cotechino, it's a, it's a pork recipe, which is uh, to be served with lentils. Uh, it's like a very big sausage of pork meat mixed with uh, the skin of the pork. And then you have a kind of pasta. Then you have the vegetables, the lentils, then panettone, pandoro, torrone, pan pepato, uh, cantuccini. Uh, it sounds like a lot of sweets. Cantuccini, that's like, cantuccini yeah, is Yeah, it's the cantuccini too, yes. And what then the ricciarelli. It's the, it's the cookies you call biscari. You dip it in your wine. Yes. And then the uh, rich, rich... Ricciarelli, it's kind of an uh, almond pastry. With a powdered sugar Yeah, on with it. a powdered sugar on top, and it's an almond pastry. And they are originally from Siena, but they're spread all, very popular all over the, the country. And then the fruitcake? Pan pepato. Pan pepato is from Umbria. It's a mix of uh, chocolate, hazelnuts, almonds, uh, pine nuts... Pepper, sugar. Uh, so nobody's losing any weight on Christmas. I don't think so. <laughs> a lot of work, a lot of food, a lot of sweets. And then I understand the culmination is not until January 6th. Yeah, no, no, no. Till uh, January 6th is the Befana day. And this is where all the holidays uh, finishes. And that's the day the wise men finally brought the gifts to the baby Jesus, the 12th day of yes, Christmas. Yes, yes. But if you're a child in Italy, that's the day the scary witch. Yeah, the scary witch, but she's not scary because she gives you a nice sock. And in the sock, you might have different things. If you did behave, you have all the sweets and candies. 
if you didn't behave, you might have some coal in it, which means you didn't behave properly. And I remember doing once a little joke to my grandma. I did put her the big sock with a big, big piece of coal in it, and she returned it to me with 50 euro. That was very nice. (laughs) Very nice. Now, when you go to the 1030 Mass on Christmas Eve, which hymn, which carol are you looking forward to? Which one do you enjoy singing? Well, we all sing Astro del Ciel. What is that? Astro del Ciel, Carmen Divin. That's silent night. That's silent night in Italian version. Beautiful. Can you wish our listeners right now who are getting quite excited about the culmination of the holiday season a Merry Christmas Italian style in your language? Allora, un buonissimo Natale, un felicissimo anno nuovo e spero di trovarvi, di vedervi tutti presto in Italia. I'd like to say beautiful, but I didn't understand all of that. Uh, can okay. you translate? I wish you a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and I normally say New Year's. Why should I limit it to one? And I wish you to see you all in Italy soon. Say that again in Italian, please. Uh, vi auguro un ottimo Natale, dei felici anni nuovi, e spero di vedervi presto tutti in Italia. That's beautiful. Cecilia Botai from Umbria, just north of Rome. Merry Christmas to you as well. Thank you. <laughs> Christmas preparations take us next to France and Norway and later to Greece and Basque country in Spain as we celebrate the season across Europe on Travel with Rick Steves. We'll get a taste of Scandinavian holiday traditions from Norway in just a bit. And a little later in the hour, we'll hear about some truly unique holiday characters that the Basques and the Greeks welcome each year. Right now on Travel with Rick Steves, let's sample the holiday customs of France where you get to eat a lot of very rich foods this time of year, guilt-free. Patrick Vidal and Virginie Moret are our guides right now for Christmas in France. Bonjour. 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 Actually, Joyeux Noël. Joyeux Noël. Très bon, très bien. Noël, all right. Your French is so good. Thank you. (laughs) It's better every year. It is, isn't it? It goes from miserable to less miserable. (laughs) (laughs) When you think about Christmas in France... What would distinguish French Christmas from Spanish or German or Italian Christmas? But I think first thing we got to think of, and that's the general thing about France, is like you think about cooking or stuff like that. You got to be regional. It's different in every region of France. Oh, that's right. So there are so many distinct regions in France that you can't just say French Christmas. You can say Brittany or Burgundy. Or Burgundy or, or Provence or right. Alsace, which is much more German. There's some common uh, things that we'll have, like the Bûche de Noël, which is the Yule log, mm-hmm. uh, except in southern France, they do the 13 different uh, Christmas desserts. But otherwise, I would say the Bûche de Noël. What is a Bûche de Noël? So Bûche is a log, so the log of Christmas, and it does look like uh, a log, really looks like, you know. What is in it? It's a uh, uh, rolled cake with chocolate and the cream. And uh, trust me, at the end of dinner, 
you don't have room for this, but you do have to go through it. The whole <laughs> long. So, so now they're making them out of ice cream because it's a bit lighter, but it's a okay. real pastry cream that you actually use for this, but it's traditional. All over France. That would be a, a common denominator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing as well is the fact that we celebrate mostly on Christmas Eve more than exactly. Christmas Day. Okay. The, big, the big party is on Christmas Eve. Now, would that be mostly centered around a, a grand meal? Yes. yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's in France. It's so, about, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, monsieur. So, describe the meal on Christmas well, the, Eve. Well, it, it will depend. I mean, the uh, turkey, the oysters. Uh, you have to start with oysters. oysters. Foie gras. Right. Foie gras and oysters, I would say, are, you have to have them for at least oysters. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even in Paris. Paris. <laughs> yeah. okay. When I'm in Paris and during Christmas time, there's oysters everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems like yeah, it's, it's part yeah. of the season. It's a big party thing, yeah, yeah. You know, you have chestnuts roasting on open fire. Well, not so much. We got that's, oysters. That's the time of the year when they're the best. Okay, well, that would make sense. You have what to have al- bubbles. Virginie, what other memories do you have from your childhood of the grand dinner at Christmas The Eve? grand dinner, not having room, but finishing, you know, going to the end because you have to stay at the table and eat, and it's Christmas, so you will. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, oysters, foie gras, those things that kids don't like, but, you know, we, we have the right to have champagne that night. The kids can you have champagne. You have to have a little bit of bubbles. It's like a, when it's your birthday, you are an adult and you can do that. So the kids have the, quote, right to have champagne. We, have a seat. we don't like it, but we yeah. feel like adults. You're part of the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we do eat at the table with the, uh, with the adults. And because something... when I was little, we ate, you know, downstairs at the ping pong table. But you eat not at the France, table with the, with the adults. And what I remember different from the U.S. is that we start dinner. When we have a big party celebration, we don't start earlier like you guys do for Thanksgiving. We actually won't start eating until 9, 10, and then you can go to midnight mass. Do you remember being tired when you were little well, at the table? No, you don't want to go to bed because you're waiting for the Père Noël, Papa oh, Noël, okay. Santa. But... So midnight mass, and then how does the, the French Santa Claus work? When does he come and who is he? I mean, it depends. It depends on the family. But in my family, Santa, would, you know, you'd go to bed and then in the morning you'd had left your... Uh, we don't have stockings like you do uh, in the U.S., but what we do is we leave our souliers. So our nice shoes that have been uh, shoe shine. Oh, before. you polish your shoes well, and you put them clean, by the fire? By the tree. And what is the name of the Santa Claus in France? Le Père Noël. Le Père Noël. Père Father Noël. Christmas. Father, oh, Christmas. Father Christmas. But he doesn't come down the chimney. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Oh, he does. He does. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And yeah. you leave him, you know, a cookie and tea or something to drink. <laughs> was, was there any sort of parental um, trick to terrorize children into being good so Père Noël will bring them presents? Hey, you got to be on the good list of the Père Noël. And the, uh, and the opposite of the Père Noël is the Père Fouettard. Uh-huh. Oh, which, is, which, is, uh, which is the, uh, the guy with a whip, which would come to you if you've been very bad. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and whip you. Is that right? <laughs> Christmas morning. We're not talking coal in your stocking. Oh, no. We're talking <laughs> a whipping. So, so either whipping or a shoe full of goodies. Yes. yes. Yeah. So you get the choice. Is very so what, what, what kind of presents would fit in your shoe? The shoe is just an excuse. You yeah. put your shoe and there is a little treat, but then you get the big presents. I think it's like any, any civilization. If I think of Occidental civilization at the time, I think of my parents, the, uh, the present was an orange or a, yeah. a mandarin because that was an exotic fruit at the time and nobody right. had too much money and it was, it was the thing. As we grew up, it was something a little bit bigger already, but it was one present and two presents maximum. I don't remember having more than uh-huh. that for Christmas. Nowadays, you've seen now the, I mean, you don't see the Christmas tree anymore. I mean, the presents are... Yeah. The kids nowadays, I mean, they're so spoiled. In France, too, huh? Oh, it's the same oh yes, thing. exactly. Mm. Same. Is there a notion in France that Christmas is, is over-commercialized? Is there a reaction against that, or is it just a shopping festival? It's not as much as in the States. We don't start as early. For you, as soon I mean, as we're Thanksgiving... we're counting down yeah, the Thanksgiving's days. over and you start. In France, I think December is when they start the thing, and 
It's changing. Earlier, earlier. It's changing the Christmas market in Paris. It mm-hmm. holds on the 15th of November. Oh, is that right? So yeah. there is this creeping thing because now people are sort of appalled that they start the Christmas advertising before Thanksgiving, you know, and most pe- a lot of people just say, well, at least wait until Thanksgiving. So even in Europe, this yeah, is it's, a creeping it's exactly commercialization. It's global world. Yeah. We live in. So. Yeah. Biz- business is business. Business is business. But they usually don't put the lights. I mean, Paris might be the exception, but in smaller towns and villages, they put the lights December 1st. The lights, what are those The lights? lights, you put lights everywhere. I mean, not just Paris, the city of lights, but everywhere in France, we put lights, you know, everywhere. And then every small town will spend a lot of money, their budget on buying those amazing lights that says Joyeux Noël. That's right. Bonne année. And when you enter the village, you see those. Now you're from Lyon and Lyon is famous all over France for its lighting. Exactly. All year long. It's just mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful flood lighting, up lighting, changing lighting. All of does the monuments. In, does that include Christmas lighting? Uh, I would say we do have the celebration of lights, which is in December, but that's not linked to Christmas uh, mm-hmm. in Lyon. But every big city in France, it's, you know, the shops are going to have the best window they can have. Even if people are not going to go shopping, they're going to go window licking because that's what we do in France. Window licking. Yes. If you can't afford those amazing things behind the window, you're going to stick your tongue to the window and actually <laughs> lick it up. How do you say that in French? Faire du lèche vitrine. Ah, lèche vitrine. So it's sort of like dreaming about what's behind that window and just looking at it. I heard in in Paris anyways, there's actually stools put out so the little children can stand on the stool and actually get a good view. In front of the the Galerie Lafayette and the Printemps, which are the two big department stores in, in Paris on the Boulevard Haussmann. They so that's a tradition for the families that's to take that's the a big thing. That's a huge thing. The crowd in front of those windows is just unbelievable. You can't even leak. You don't have the time to leak. <laughs> you push by the crowd. You disappear. And they put those little stands here. You get steps on one side and the kids walk around. <laughs> and you go. But the funny thing about that is that uh, for years, the windows, the Christmas windows of those department stores were more or less made for kids to enjoy and yeah. kind of it's not the case anymore Mm-mm. they're all they're all big fashion thing and uh, so so the kids walk up the thing and look at it it's boring oh, okay. so it's been taken over and, and now it's, it's going to be designer bit, yes. yeah. purses and no. shoes and things they, they will still t- try to keep a little bit of this spirit I think but uh, but a lot of them are now completely avant-garde kind of very fancy thing speaking of avant-garde last time I was in Paris for Christmas I was struck by displays of Christmas trees and they, and they were the most over-the-top designer trees. It wasn't just a normal tree, but it was avant-garde trees. It's fashion. You have to have the best one, the biggest one. That is sort of a Parisian approach to a, a Christmas tree, isn't it? By talking about the avant-garde Christmas tree lights and things like that, I think every five years they change the lights on the uh, Champs-Elysees. Because the Champs-Elysees, you have oh, to walk it. You Christmas. have to walk it down. I mean, the up or down. So you, you, well, you can go up to the Arc de Triomphe if you're lazy, and you can walk downhill all the way to the, the Place de la Concorde. And the lights are just unbelievable. And uh, they, for years, they had those lights looking like if snow was coming down on trees. It was mind-blowing. It was superb. They have activities for the kids, you know, with the family. They have the ice rink, and the uh-huh. main one being at the Hôtel de Ville, which is the city hall of Paris. And uh-huh. so you can, it's free to use. You just rent your uh, skates and you go there. So you can skate in front of the Hotel de Ville, the mm-hmm. city hall, and that's an, an amazing place to just be with the community. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're celebrating Christmas in France right now with Patrick Vidal and Virginie Moret. Is there a, a tradition of singing Christmas carols or people going out or... Or is it just limited to the, the Midnight Mass? Yeah, no, no, it's not a big thing. It's not no. a big thing. It's, no, it's, it's, it's really family. I mean, yeah. for example, if you're in Paris as a tourist over Christmas and you want to go eat in a restaurant, you yeah. do have to book ahead of time. It's really a family reunion. The New Year's Eve is when we go out and we party uh, with the rest of the people Okay, outside. so Christmas is family-oriented. Family and it is the big dinner, and it is Père Noël coming. If you 
do go to church. Midnight Mass is the religious we, highlight of it. We have nativity than, scenes everywhere. Yeah. And in America, a lot of people go to church two times a year on Easter and on Christmas, you know, is, is that pretty much the same in, in France, France? you go for weddings, funerals, and Christmas. That's it. So the, the churches are packed at midnight. If they do it at midnight, in small villages, they wouldn't have attendance because people would still be eating at midnight. So they do it like earlier, I 7 see. o'clock, 8 o'clock. In Brittany, if you go back to your childhood, what's your fondest memory of Christmas? Waking up my brother, who's three years older, the morning of Christmas, and just running to the tree and seeing that uh, the Père Noël, Santa did actually drink a little bit of what I left for him and a bit of the cookie and seeing all of the presents. <laughs> and no whip, <laughs> and no, no Père Fouettard. No, no whip. And Patrick, what is your fondest memory of Christmas from your I think childhood? I was playing with the boxes, the presents came in. You know? <laughs> Is that right? That both of those images could happen in anywhere in the world, I would imagine. Yeah. Of course, yes. yeah, of course. That's beautiful. Patrick Vidal and Virginie Moret, merci bien and joyeux Noël. Merci, joyeux Noël à toi. Now let's head to a land of reindeer and snow. Paul Johansson joins us from Oslo for a peek at the Christmas season traditions he enjoys in Norway. Merry Christmas, Paul. Guyul. Guyul. Yes. What does that mean exactly? That's how we say Merry Christmas in in Norwegian. Guyul. We said good Yule time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yule. Guyul. Guyul. Mm -hmm. What distinguishes a Norwegian Christmas from maybe a a German or an English or an American Christmas? Well, uh, first of all, we celebrate Christmas on the day of uh, 24th of December. Okay, so Christmas Eve. That's Christmas Eve. That's the big day for us. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say the food is what distinguishes it. Is this a time for... uh, hard-working parents to bring out all the traditional foods? It is, it is. To, to some pleasures and to others nightmares in a way. So, uh, <laughs> so explain. Uh, well, uh, Norway used to be a very poor country. Right. A hundred years ago, we were the poorest country in Europe, actually. Wow. So um, during the long winters, when people didn't have anywhere to store their food and, and there were no access to, to getting fresh food, they had to find ways to preserve food. Before and refrigerators. Before refrigerators. Oh, and they developed all kinds of techniques to do this, uh, like, for example, um, gravlax, like digging down salmon. So you'd bury salmon? Yeah, they bury salmon to, to preserve, preserve them or, or rot them with control? The gravlax is not rotten, uh, not, okay. but there, there's another dish, uh, which is called fermented trout. Fermented trout. Yeah, so this would be in the in the inland, in the inland, yeah, part <laughs> of Lillehammer area. I've never encountered that on a menu. And you eat it with uh, lefsa. Which really? is this uh, potato bread. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I can think, I can see young people kind of uh, getting nervous before Christmas. Oh, we have to re- eat the fermented <laughs> trout or the yeah. buried salmon. The thing is that I don't really like the fermented trout, but I have to eat it anyways. It's not Christmas unless I eat this kind of thing. So that's part of the ritual. Yeah, it's part of the ritual. But you know what what really is my memory about Norwegian Christmas is all of the beautiful uh, yulekaka, Mm -hmm. the Christmas cake, right? Yes, Can you describe a yulekaka? Traditionally, um, every housewife made an assortment of yulekaka, Christmas cakes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's seven seven different varieties that they had to make. Is that right? You couldn't celebrate Christmas without having made the, the seven varieties. Tables full of cakes. Full of cakes all through Christmas, eating, 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 sleeping, and then eating again. <laughs> okay, so walk us through Christmas. First of all, actually, you have a Santa Lucia Day. Santa Lucia, yeah. It's a pagan tradition. Was um, it December 13th? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's bigger in Sweden, actually, but we mm-hmm. do it in, in Norway as well. Uh-huh. But in Sweden, the adults do it. In Norway, only kids do it in school. 
So they dress up in um, white dresses uh-huh. and uh, they come through the hall in the schools with uh, lit candles and then they sing the Santa Lucia song. You know, I was in Norway once on Santa Lucia Day and there was even candles in the cemeteries yeah. at the gravesites. Yeah. Explain that. Well, that's how we commemorate uh, the dead. And, so and, your loved and ones who have died, they yeah. put a candle on their grave. Yeah, and we like to do this, to visit the grave uh, during the holidays. Oh, so okay. that's why during, especially during Christmas, you will see uh, the graveyards are totally so lit. Just flickering with candles. Yeah, And nice. I just love the, the scene of the Santa Lucia procession going yeah. through the graveyard up to the church mm-hmm. with all the candles flickering. Yeah, it's very special. It's very feeling. nice. Yeah. Okay, so that's December 13th, and then Norwegians celebrate Christmas more on the 24th, on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. You have a big family dinner, and Norway is probably one of the least church-going countries in Europe, but on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, what's the church situation? Um, well, I... <laughs> I'll be honest and say that most people don't go to church. They don't even bother going to church on Christmas? Not really. Norway. Well, there, are, <laughs> there are more people going to church during Christmas, but no, so, the churches so are not full. It's more of a family thing. It is a family thing, family and getting together. When Christmas approaches, what are the children excited about? Oh, the gifts. The gifts and meeting, uh, meeting Santa Claus, or sure. our, our version of Santa Claus, who is uh, the Nisse. The Nisse? Yeah, Nisse Far. What is the Nisse? Nisse is a is a gnome, actually, a okay. little guy with a with a red hat and a and a woolen sweater and a big white beard and a big white beard, little short guy, about uh, one foot tall. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and he he lives out on a barn on a farm. Oh, he does. Yeah. So uh, on the Christmas Eve, um, your mother and father will make some porridge, and you go and put the porridge into the barn, uh-huh. and then a couple of hours later you go out there again, and then the porridge is gone. The Nisa had uh, come to eat it. So the Nisa are there. Oh, there's, they are. there's evidence. Oh, yeah, there's evidence. <laughs> and and then, then later in the evening, they come and knock the door, and everybody's uh, exciting, and the children are screaming, and wow, the Nisa is coming, and he comes in the door with some gifts for the children. Somebody dresses up like a Nisa and comes in? I was actually a Nisa last year. You were a Nisa? <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> and you dressed up? Did I dressed up. Put on a beard? Yeah, and a... <laughs> yeah, and scared my little niece. <laughs> and is there some way that parents can terrorize their children into behaving well by threatening them for no gifts from the Nisa? Yeah, that's what we say. You have to be, behave well. If not, Nisa will not come this year. Yeah, we say yeah. you got to be, are you naughty or nice? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. 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 So and then uh, after the Nissa has uh, visited the house, um, we we go around the Christmas tree and sing uh, Christmas carols. Paint that picture for us. Is it outside, inside? Oh, uh, it's inside. It's inside, inside in, in the living room. So uh, people gather literally all around the Christmas tree. Around the Christmas tree, holding hands. Uh-huh. Uh, this is something a, a Norwegian family would do if there are children. And singing traditional yeah. carols? Yeah, traditional carols and going around and, and yeah, it's, it's great fun. What's the situation with the commercialization of Christmas? Is it a big shopping festival in Norway like it is in the United States? It is becoming like that, I would say, unfortunately. And, and also we see the tendency that Christmas tends to start earlier and earlier. Historically or traditionally, it did not start until the first Sunday of Advent, mm-hmm. which is uh, end of November or start mm-hmm. of, uh, of uh, December. Mm-hmm. But now we see that uh, the Christmas decoration starts to come up in, in creeping, the beginning of November. Creeping forward yeah. for more shopping, more retail activity. Yeah, unfortunately. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking about Christmas in Norway with Paul Johansson from Oslo. Paul, let's close our little Norwegian Christmas discussion with one of your fondest, happiest memories as a little child of Christmas when you were a a little boy in Oslo. Oh, well, it's just the whole day. You wake up in the morning and uh, and you sit down and you watch some typical uh, cartoons on television 
and then you eat a lot of uh, Christmas cakes, of course. And it's just like the excitement rising up during the day, and and then you have the the very good Christmas dinner and uh, you the, know, rotten the, oh, the, the rotten trout, the rotten trout, yeah, and the dug down salmon. And we're all at the table, so excited, you know. We we see the all the gifts under the Christmas tree, and we can hardly sit. But so, uh, at this point, the Nisa has already come. You know that, or, or well, yeah, well, or this is there's two kinds of gifts: gifts from your relatives, yeah. and gifts from from Nisa. Nisa, yeah, yeah we, we have the same sort of thing. Yeah. When do you actually open the gifts? Well, we eat dinner. We start dinner at uh, around five o'clock. Uh-huh. Lots of relatives, people you haven't seen sometimes for a while. Yeah, uh-huh. and then uh, we open the gifts around eight or nine. Oh, okay. And then we go to bed pretty early, actually, like okay. eleven, eleven really? thirty. Yeah. And then Christmas Day, the twenty fifth. Well, then we we get up early and we have a Christmas breakfast, uh-huh. kind of the leftovers from the day before. <laughs> Paul Johansson, good Yule and Tusen Tak for yeah. helping us understand a Norwegian Christmas. Varsågod, god jul och gott nytt Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Oh, yes, go nuts at Christmas, but they still have lots of fun. Just the same as you, I enjoy it too. Merry Christmas, everyone. If you're looking for something different for Christmas this year, wait till you hear about the holidays in Greece and the Basque Country. That's next on Travel with Rick Steves. Right now, our European holidays take us to Greece. We're joined by Anastasia Gaitanu from Thessaloniki and Dene Kosuri from Athens. Anastasia, Dene, thanks for joining us. Thank, Thank you very much. Nice Actually, I should say I should say Merry Christmas in Greece. Uh, Dene. No, it's Kala Christoujena. And what is that? Merry Christmas. In Merry Greece. Christmas. But of course, anticipating New Year's Eve, we would also say Happy New Year. Kali Chronia. Kali Chronia. Anastasia, when you consider uh, Easter compared to the rest of uh, the Mediterranean, really, Greece is a big deal on Easter. Is, it is. Is, is Christmas celebrated with the same vigor as Easter? Mm, not really. I wouldn't say that. Right. Um, Christmas definitely is very important because it's the beginning of everything, if you look at it out of a religious uh-huh. point of view, because mm-hmm. without the nativity of Christ, you wouldn't have Easter. Right. I mean, so you have to have the beginning. That's but, true. With no Christmas, there'd be no Easter. That's for Exactly. Sure. <laughs> but Easter is a culmination of the whole thing, is, is the peak of the whole celebration, because that's the salvation of humankind, again, of the religious point so, of view. And in a Greek Orthodox style, the Easter is the huge festival. It's the huge festival. Yeah. On the other hand, Christmas, I think, is mainly a shopping festival. And it's also a very good chance that we have to get again together with people we know that we cannot see very often during work days so or weekdays. So it's social, it's family time. It's social, it's, it's gift, family gift time, giving and so gift on. giving, yes. Whereas of course Easter would have more time in Mass. Mm, both. 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 And Christmas is mainly more for small children as well because of the presents and uh, because of those family reunions. There's a mm-hmm. lot of food involved in that. So, Danae, when you were growing up in Athens, yes. tell me this, this sort of the Christmas schedule for the family. How did the whole time unfold from First a child's all, point of view? Yeah, I was very excited because school was over for two weeks, so I had all the time needed to enjoy as a child. And, of course, it was shopping before Christmas, presents for everybody. Mm-hmm. Who brings the gifts? What are the uh... Santa Claus brings the gift. Actually, in Greece, is Saint Vasilis uh-huh. uh, who brings the gifts. Saint Vasilis. Yeah. Okay. He was a, a real personality, actually. Now, do you have Christmas trees? We do, certainly. And how do you decorate them? Oh, 
with thousands of Christmas lights and uh-huh. stars and all kinds of toys you can imagine, small, of course, miniatures right. on the tree. And Anastasia, I hear that there's a Christmas boat or something also? Yes. Well, the Christmas tree is more a Western tradition, mm-hmm. and we have been using it for, I don't know, about 100 years, maybe, maybe less, but it's, we did not really have it before the early 19th century. The traditional Christmas decoration is the Christmas boat because Greeks have always been people of the sea. Mm-hmm. So where Greece is actually a peninsula, three sides we have the seas. So wherever mm-hmm. you are, you're not really far from that. So it was a boat, always decorated, either with little lights or earlier days, candles, or can whatever. Can you still see that when you travel around Greece at Christmas? Well, if you can see that, yes. In many places you can. And sometimes in the municipality, in a city, like in my city, many times they will have a big boat of lights, you know, mm. next to the Christmas trees mm-hmm. and not forgetting oh, that would be beautiful. Yeah. It is, it is. Danae, when you are thinking of Christmas, what are the traditional holiday foods that you're likely to mm. see? Is it, a, is it a special menu or is it just the same menu as other days? No, there is a very, very special menu. It's a turkey, mm-hmm. of course, stuffed with meat mm-hmm. inside. We also have pork, mm. which is our favorite meat in Greece. Uh-huh. And of course, it's all these delights we have, like uh, the melomacarona and the vasilopita, all these what are sweets. Those? That, uh, the melomacarona are small uh, honey pies. Uh-huh. Uh, usually they are stuffed with uh, nuts inside uh-huh. and walnuts. sugar and uh, walnuts, yes, and uh, honey and syrup. And they're Sounds amazing, good. yes. Lots of calories, but believe me, it's worth it. <laughs> and Anastasia, what are some of the Christmas foods that you have fond memories of? When you were growing oh God, up, that's really difficult to tell. Everything tastes so great. What always remains in memory, I think we have lots of recollections of that, is that vasilopita that Danai mentioned. Pita means pie, in this case, is a cake. Mm-hmm. And Vasilis is Saint Basilius or Saint Vasilis, who's our mm-hmm. Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. It is said that because he, he really existed, he's one of the great fathers of the Orthodox Church, mm-hmm. and he existed in more, more or less in the same time period as uh, St. Nicholas. Hmm. But it is said that once upon a time, uh, they were afraid that the city he lived in would be invaded and they needed money and to organize a defense. So they did not have that money, so he asked of all the people to bring their jewelry. So they did that, but they didn't need it. After all, at the end, so he had to give it back to them, but the jewelry was not tagged, you know, with names, so he didn't know whom to give it back to. So he had a big cake baked, and he put all the jewelry in it, or small cakes, some say, and everybody got one of those small cakes then, by chance, nobody knew what was in it, and it is said it was a miracle, and everybody got his jewelry back. That's the reason why he's the one who brings the presents. So this Christmas cake, as we call it, has um, a coin in it. Okay. And we always bless it, then we cross it. There is uh, a piece for Jesus, a piece for Mother Mary, for the house, for work. And then everybody around the table gets a piece. And whoever gets the coin has good luck and for prosperity the for the whole year. Well, that must be part of the fun festivities of Christmas Eve. It's a Eve, lot then. of fun. Is it's that Christmas Eve fun. that you do this? No, that is New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, okay. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Christmas in Greece with Anastasia Gaitanu and Danai Kusari. 
Anastasia, what are some distinctive traditions we might find if we happen to be in Greece during Christmas? There are some traditions that go way back, like, for example, the Greek leprechauns, although they're not necessarily green. <laughs> But they're supposed to be small and very, very ugly and stink. And they live under the earth and for the whole year. But between Christmas, that's the 25th of Nativity, till the 6th of January, that's baptism, the waters of the rivers or the waters in general have not been baptized yet, which means they're not clean yet. So in that time period, they find the chance to come out of their whatever layer they're in. These stinky leprechauns. These stinky little leprechauns, yes. And they come out. And they make a lot of noise and they cause a lot of trouble. They're not dangerous. I mean, they will not wound you or kill you. But if they come into your house, it'll be a mess after that. So in order to keep them out, because they climb down from the chimney, you know, you have constantly to have fire on or uh, you can put some sweets outside your doorstep, hoping that they get the sweets and go away. Go and to this the is next a whole house. season that you have to be careful about. these. It's 10 days. More from or when less. till when? It's from the 25th of okay. December till the 6th of January. Okay, Epiphany. Yes, it's Epiphany. So from Christmas until, for the basically what we yeah. call the 12 days of Christmas. Exactly. And okay. the tree of life then uh -huh. is, well, tradition says that the whole of earth is on this tree. So what they try to do is sow the tree of life and destroy earth. But they come out during these 12 days, and when they go back, then the tree is whole again. So they have to start all over again, and that goes on every year and every, every year. year every year, the struggle year. every year yeah. with the stinky leprechauns. <laughs> and deny, what is one other dimension of a Greek Christmas that might be unique? Well, actually, it has to do with New Year's Eve, and it's uh, the pomegranate as uh, fruit. Since the ancient time period, in Greece at least, it was a sacred uh, fruit. He has, it has a symbolism, probably because of all these seeds that it has mm. inside. So, fertility? Or? Exactly, yeah. fertility, but also prosperity. Mm -hmm. So every year, 12 o'clock after midnight, when we have the change and the arrival of the new year, mm -hmm. we always smash a pomegranate fruit at ah. our doorsteps, so the red color from the fruit goes around. <laughs> yeah, it's messy, but it symbolizes good luck for New Year. Well, this is and the same was... culture that throws plates against the wall when oh, you go crazy much. in a restaurant. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and all these uh, seeds symbolize prosperity for oh, the okay. New Year. Again, good luck. Great. Dene and Anastasia, thanks so much for uh, giving some insight into your culture's holiday festivities. Can you one more time wish us a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year? Kala Christugena. Ke kali chronia. All right. Thank you very much. A pedestal. Parakalo. It wasn't until 1975 that the people of Basque Country in northern Spain were able to restore their own special holiday traditions. That was after the end of the Franco dictatorship that had banned all uniquely Basque symbols and traditions. Augustine Cerisa joins us now on Travel with Rick Steves for a look at how his community enjoys the holidays now in Basque Country. Augustine, welcome. Thank you. Now, uh, how do you say Happy Christmas in Basque? We would say Sorionak, Itaurteberrion, as saying Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. First of all, Basque culture is partly in France and partly in Spain. You're from San Sebastian yeah. in Spanish Basque country. 
And Basque is distinct from Spain in so many ways. You've got a language that's not even related to Spanish. Yeah. How is the Basque Christmas celebration distinct from the Spanish Christmas celebration? We do have a different Santa that we call um, Olencero. Olencero is, um, is a figure, is a character that uh, was created 50 years ago, not older than that. He was a man living in the woods, in the forest, that uh, he was uh, producing um, coal in the mountains, and uh, he probably was not very friendly. He was alone, a single man living in the mountain. Well, he had a, a wife called Marie, Maria Domingue, and um, he would come up for Christmas to bring uh, presents for the kids. So. so he was invented just 50 years ago? Yeah. Why would you create a mythic character just 50 years ago? I would say to face the dictatorship. I mean, since every, everything ah, was... Ah, this fine. was in, during Franco's time. True. And Franco was making you be Spanish. Yeah. And you did not want to raise your children with a Spanish Santa Claus. That's right. That's right. Uh, we would have a celebration, Christmas Eve, that we now call um, Gabon Gawa. And it was known as Onencero. And this is dated back to the early 16th century. But they would celebrate the Christmas time. Mm-hmm. We, we had a different religion before Christianism arrived with the Romans to the area. So it's a kind of a mix of mythology and uh, the celebration itself, since they would celebrate a New Year's Day on April with the new springtime. Mm-hmm. So they started celebrating this kind of a transition from the, that religion called Amalur, Mother Earth, into Catholicism. So the Basque religion before the Roman Catholics or the Christians came was Mother Earth religion. True. So all over Europe, people incorporate the pagan, pre-Christian religions into the modern Christian Christmas celebration. Give a specific example in Basque country, one part of your ritual that would predate Christianity. Well, we on, on this um, religion, we would pray for the sun and the four elements of nature and would have uh, all different kinds of uh, mythological characters, like the most uh, popular one is called Basayaun, as the man of, uh, of the woods, the man of the forest, who would protect the the nature, and who would have tried to maintain everything on a, on a good balance. So there was a sort of a respect for nature, and almost an environmentalism worked into your <laughs> Christmas celebration. <laughs> Correct. Because nature brought the bounty. Yeah. All the goodness was coming from nature. Now, Basque Country is famous for its food. We go to San Sebastian, your town, and I just want to eat all day long. We've got these, I mean, tapas are fun in Spain, but in Basque Country, gourmet tapas, and in San Sebastian, I think the very best. Mm-hmm. How do you celebrate from a food point of view, the Christmas season. Okay. We obviously have a big dinner consisting in uh, different uh, sharing food on the table, ham, this traditional Spanish ham that is so popular as well there. In my home, we would have uh, the white asparagus. White as asparagus? We, yeah, okay. I mean, something yeah. light as well. Mm-hmm. The foie gras coming from the southern France mm. will be always on the table. The, the different ham, uh, some uh, shellfish like prawns, uh, shrimps, and, uh, well, if you can afford it to have a, a lobster as well. And then we would have either meat or and fish. Well, both of them, actually. We would have kind of a transition from the uh, starters to to dessert going through uh, fish, I uh, like very much. And we usually have that, the the Hague's uh, barbels. What is that? They would call them cocoches. So this is the Hague barbel. This is this piece of the neck of uh, of the Hague fish. Oh. Which is very tender and very So the Hague fish is a, is a white fish? Yeah. The neck of the white fish, yeah. the hick fish. The, oh, low, okay. the low part. That's the, the tasty part. Yeah, very tasty. I think I've had that in just tapas. Probably. In gourmet tapas Pro- in a bar pro- in, yeah. in San Sebastian. Probably. Whoa. And there to go with a piece of meat, usually tenderloin, beef meat. 
This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Agustin Tsarita. We're talking about celebrating Christmas time in Basque country. Agustin, you mentioned the, the man in the woods, the lonely, single, mysterious man in the woods that brings the children the, the gifts. Tell more about when you're a child in Basque country, how he brings the gifts and when you receive them, and, okay. and if there's a way that the parents can kind of terrorize the children into being good children instead of bad children. So this person, the Olincero, comes on uh, December 24 and brings um, my Christmas gift. And if I would have uh, behaved um, improperly, <laughs> if I would be a bad boy, I would get coal. Cool. Instead of uh, any other. Person. So your guys been communicating with our Santa Claus. They do the same thing. Yeah, 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 very similar rituals. Do you open your presents on the Christmas Eve or Christmas morning? We do open on Christmas morning. Uh huh. So he comes at night. Yeah, he comes at night. Do you give him some goodie before, uh, like, waiting for him to? You, yeah, you leave your socks in the room on the table or whatever, and then um, yeah, you provide him some uh, kind of uh, snaps and, uh, and some some food. snaps. <laughs> yeah. Get him in a good mood. Yeah, yeah. Get him in a good mood and keep going. Energy. Now, when you think about the general schedule for the Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, can you just walk us through the schedule? How you you will do that yeah. uh, this Christmas? So f- for us, um, it starts a bit earlier. December 21st, mm. that's when uh, we celebrate St. Thomas. Mm. We would uh, celebrate St. Thomas as a, as a big popular day. And it's kind of the beginning of Christmas for everybody. Everybody returns back home for that day and meets uh, their relatives. And that day, everybody's on the street dressed up on uh, their local outfit, and they go for eating uh, the local sausage and have a sa- apple cider and visit the market. Back in the old days, all the workers would get the extra pay Christmas extra pay, so we have the money, and we go to the market to buy the tools to keep working for the next year. So they would come into San Sebastian from all the neighborhoods. That would be the big marketplace. Now has become a big pre-Christmas event in which everybody's dressed up on the local outfit and having a good fun and enjoying okay. the market. December, December twenty-one. December twenty-one. Three days later, we have a uh, Christmas Eve, and we have this parade in which everybody shows the olentero on the street and. Uh, sings to the Olentero to come and be good and generous with the kids. Then the following day... So this is the the man that you've created, the the lonely, interesting man from the woods. (laughs) So you have a parade to the streets, and we're all going to celebrate him, and we've been good, bring us some good gifts. Okay, that's the Christmas Eve parade. That's right. And then we wake up in the morning on Christmas, we open all the gifts, and we have a big meal all together again. So we have a big dinner and then a big meal again. Starters and two mains and a big dessert and a lot of drinks. People are, you know, usually having champagne and oh, good yeah. wine. And and when if people go to church, do they go at midnight or in the morning? The classic, the most popular was the uh, what we call Misa de Gallo, which is translated into the hence mass, and it used to be midnight. But now, since no one is going out after dinner to mass, to church, they have it at 5 p.m., 6 p.m., on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve. So before the family dinner, you'll go to the Mass. Yeah. Okay. And on Christmas Day, 25th, it's mostly just uh, eating more and having more fun with friends. Yep. That's yep. it. That's it. Playing with your toys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Augustin Sarisa, thank you so much for joining us. And can you one more time say in Basque Country, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year? Sorionak eta urte berrion. All right. I'll never learn that, but I would like to be in Basque Country sometime on Christmas. Thanks again, Augustin. Thanks to you.
Travel with Rick Steves is produced at Rick Steves Europe in Edmonds, Washington by Tim Tatton with Sarah McCormick and Isaac Kaplan-Wolner. We get technical help from Jonathan Lee, Andrew Wakeling, and our theme music is by Jerry Frank. You can listen again in the radio section of ricksteves.com. We wish you a peaceful and happy holiday season from all of us at Travel with Rick Steves.